You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our new website, proleftpod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for September 22nd, 2017. It's not safe for work. Coming to you live from just outside the palatial Nambian Consulate here in Springfield, Illinois, it's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Hey there, Drift Glass. Hey, Blue Gal. You know, Blue Gal, Nambian healthcare is very similar to Trump care in that it's a complete work of fiction that millions of fictional people think is just awesome. Except that apparently... Uh... It's not as terrible as you think because they're going to let Alaska keep it. Yeah. This, in, <laughs> in late breaking news today, words mean nothing. Words mean nothing. Yes. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we knew that, but it is yeah. now even more so. I mean, that, that it takes a lot in the healthcare debate to blow my mind. Uh-huh. But the fact that they're bribing Lisa Murkowski to vote to repeal Obamacare by letting Alaska keep Obamacare. Right. Uh, blew right. my mind. It is. It is. Uh. At every level, uh, the people who made that offer mm-hmm. should be utterly disqualified from public service. Well, and that's that's what I don't understand. If I was an Iowan, for instance, uh-huh. I'd be calling Johnny Ernst's office and saying, "Why didn't you hold out for more money from from Lindsey Graham? Why are you why aren't you caving and not being bribed like Lisa Murkowski is?" Oh, because... honey, <laughs> honey, honey. honey. I know. People, I'm not an Iowa Republican. The good people and, of Iowa are very busy watching Sean Hannity lose his shit over high school football players kneeling for the yes, right. national anthem. Right. And witches um, are, are, you know, Tucker Carlson worrying about witches casting spells on Donald Trump. Right. Yeah, I, I get it. I get yeah, it. No. They're, 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 we're, yeah. we, unless we've unless gotten someone to... in your family dies from it. Yes. Which is happening in yes. Iowa and other yes. places. You know, Iowa, we I, we were reading today in the Des Moines Register mm-hmm. that uh, about this woman who was married for 30 years. She married a man who was a quadriplegic. She took care of him for, care of him for 30 years. Iowa privatized Medicaid. And uh, the governor then, Terry Branstad, governor said, oh, you don't need, have to worry. We're going to do a two-year phase-in period. Yep, don't worry uh, about it. You'll be stable for two years. You'll have two years to plan what you're going to do. Uh-huh. And this private company immediately told all the uh, in-home care disabled, nope, you got to move to a, a center. You got to move to a facility. Right now. Right now. Mm-hmm. And her husband was dead in six months. Yep. And, uh, you know, that was that's her whole adult life spent taking care of her husband, who she loved. Yeah. And uh, it just, you know, I don't have and any. And Republicans killed him. Yeah, yeah. And... Privatization and uh, cost-cutting. Republican Party yep. policies mm-hmm. killed her husband. Yep. And yep. and you and, I had, you and I had talked about this, and mm-hmm. um, I don't want to breeze past it mm-hmm. or in any way give the impression that I think that that's anything other than tragic and mm-hmm. unforgivable. Yep. But Balloon Boy will come along in six weeks, and no one will remember. Mm-hmm. And it'll be the next thing in the she'll next remember. thing. She'll remember. Oh, yeah. And she, no, no, she'll hopefully remember. Hopefully, she will be active enough to remind people at election time. I, I sincerely yeah. hope so. I, mm-hmm. I also believe that by that time, um, it will become Barack Obama's fault or Hillary Clinton's fault. I know. You're, or... you're in a very cynical mood because what? Because there are people actually suing the state of Iowa over this and suing the private company over this for liability. And so I don't think in terms of Iowa, this situation is going away in terms of news coverage of it. The mm-hmm. local news is really interested when it bleeds, it leads. Sure. And oh, so no. I don't know what uh, Sinclair is going to do to to dampen the coverage of people dying because of Republican policies. They, we may not have local news that actually reports on people dying because of Republican policies anymore. I don't know. I don't want to be as down as you are right now. (laughs) Because I I I think what just happened is Uh uh, the Republican Party, in an attempt to get 51 at all costs, 
just showed everyone their hand, just showed them what at all costs is. Which this is, is why we is why really I... don't mean anything about repeal. And actually, that's what, speaking of, you know, Iowa and Kansas and that part of the world, that's right. what Chuck Grassley said. You know, this isn't about the substance of the bill. This is just because we've been promising for seven years. Yes. And uh, so we got to do it. And, and, and everybody knows it's the Koch brothers that are blackmailing the Senate to do this. So, Well, and, and this this brings us back to a, a, a theme that we, we cover on our podcast because mm-hmm. we love each other dearly. Mm-hmm. And we, we agree on pretty much everything except on that fourth cat. Um, no, we don't have a fourth cat. There's no cat waiting outside our home. If homeless. there was, we'd have a fourth cat. We'd have a fourth cat, believe me. <laughs> this, is, this is that house. Um, uh, we, uh, we'll get later in a podcast. We co-taught Sunday school this week. Yeah, you so, you pretty much taught it more than I did, but that we and, did. It was a live podcast for our Sunday school class, yeah, I think. Yeah. So please please don't ever um, uh, mistake that this sort of um, point counterpoint. I agree, but here's my respectful uh, rebuttal with disagreeing with my beautiful wife, who's smarter than me in every way. <laughs> Substantively, we are complete agreement. Yeah, okay? yeah. Well, and I I think what ha- what you're what people are hearing right now is. Uh, exhaustion in yes. part, you know, Absolutely. the both of all of us are tired of fighting this. And Joanne Reed this week tweeted, they will never stop trying to take away health care from people. That's that, that it, because that's the purpose of the Republican Party. That's finally to finally, wash finally. shit off of suits, as someone on Twitter said, you know, clean the past, clean their past, erase their past and continue to try to if they can't profit off of tax dollars, right. cut them so they can get their tax cuts. And, and I want I want to loop. I definitely want to loop back to that because I, I want to expand on that just a little bit this time. But uh, I would like to point out um, what I believe is a flaw in in what you said about um, the the bribe okay. giving, which is they finally showed their hand. Oh, no, no, no. They, I know. They showed I know. their hand twenty fucking years ago. Yeah. And again, ten years ago. And again, three years ago. And if it took this, yeah. if this is one where you went, holy cats, they're yeah. dishonorable scumbags. Yeah. First of all, if, if you're that dumb, you shouldn't be voting. Secondly, okay, drift class. Sec- well, let me, let me just make one second point. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if it is if it's news to you that they're this awful, the next thought in a person's brain who finds this a, a surprising or shocking or outrageous is going to be, but I'm sure liberals are just as bad. Well, they've been, they've let me been say something that, about that. Yeah, they've been trained to have that shutoff valve in their brain. It yeah, can't just be true. Republicans are evil. It has to be both sides somehow, some way, somewhere. Some liberal did something just as bad. So I'm sure it's pretty terrible, and I'm shocked that they're this shitty. But you know what? I'm pretty sure liberals just as bad. So you know what are you going to do? The system's corrupt. And anyway, why do they say that? Because they've been trained to say that by by the by the mainstream media for the last 20 fucking years. Why? Uh, because it is the only way you can stop the vast majority of Americans from rising up with pitchforks mm-hmm. and driving the Republican Party into the sea. Because the Republican Party has spent an enormous amount of money turning, I don't know, let's who say- are those, Who are those people spending enormous amounts of money? I'm, I'm trying to get you to a point. Which the Mercers, the Cokes. Wealthy capitalists- Yes. Want it to be this way. Exactly. I agree. And I agree. they want most Americans, they want the vast majority of Americans to simply be consumers right. rather than uh, involve citizens. I agree. And they built an entire distraction machine mm-hmm. to make it all about, you know, America's got talent and dancing and bachelorettes. And- little lives. we watched big little lies last night the first episode it wasn't too bad but uh just whatever the distraction of the day is and to make people feel uh one of two things either look this is really complicated and i'm not real smart about politics and i really don't care so i'll leave it to the republican white male to take care of this right Mm -hmm. Right. Or I don't like my current situation. This, you know, my this is what I think is so ironic, too, is um, free market uh, insurance should just be free market and right. keep the government out of my Medicare. And, right. you know, that kind of argument, mm-hmm. along with it's the government's fault that my insurance bill is so high. Right. And so both of those going in place, the answer in a lot of Republicans minds was let's elect somebody who's not a politician. Right. <laughs> And but you're sort of winding all over the road here. You you're right. going to explain no. to me 
how capitalists. I right. want to get back to this because this this is relating to how uh, to space merchants, which is really where I want to go. Um, <laughs> capitalists Look. want people to be distracted and not feel that they are experts in this and not take a side. And if both sides are equally bad, they don't have to take a side. And the 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 that is the appeal of centrism huh? that lets you break for commercial. Yep. And go sell that penis pill, or that's exactly where they. The news is product, not information. No, you are the product. You are yeah. the product. You're being yeah. sold to advertisers. Right, 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 right. And uh, that brings us to uh, a really interesting conversation you and I had about a book called Space Merchants. The, the, space, the merchants. space Merchants. Yes. Um, which we've talked about before. We've talked science about Fiction University before. is making a surprise. Surprise <laughs> come back into the, yeah. into the, you know, and, and the, and this whole thing about you are the product is it feeds right into that. And the Facebook thing, I, this is what to me brought, brought the space merchants back into my, the forefront of my thinking was the whole idea that you could have this social media empire that again, <laughs> someone on Twitter said, Mark Zuckerberg, you know exactly the minute I get up in the middle of the night to pee. Don't mm-hmm. tell me you're not responsible for mm-hmm. uh, people buying ads to influence the election from overseas. And, you know, that, oh, well, you know, we we didn't really know what was happening. No, you know everything about me. You know mm-hmm. exactly how to market to me. Right. And uh, that's why you're a billionaire. So uh, tell, let's remind people. What the Space Merchants is about. The Space Merchants uh, is a book written by um, uh, Fred Pohl in uh, 1950. Oh, Jesus, let's see, 1950 years ago, 1954, 55, something like that. Um, it's uh, uh, more than 50 years ago. It's science fiction. Advertisers have taken over the world. <laughs> Basically, right. the ru- world is ruled by advertisers. And I have I pulled a couple of uh, quotes from it um, to explain how absolutely prescient it was and how nobody listened. Um, there's a page. First of all, um, senators and and uh, representatives are now identified by the corporations they represent directly. So there's a senator from DuPont Chemicals. Mm-hmm. And the senator from DuPont Chemicals has 45 votes in the Senate. Ah. Uh, the senator from Nash Kelvinator only has six votes because it's a poorer company. And all of the people who used to write poetry, for example, um, have gone into advertising because there's no money in poetry, but there's a lot of money in advertising. And poetry is the essential art of making things extremely clear and memorable and moving and getting getting into people's hearts and getting into their heads and and having them see things a certain way. And uh, from the book... Again, this is this the story. It's the story of an advertising copy copy smith who was cast down from his high place in the world and and turned into a consumer, mm-hmm. <laughs> a yeah. broke consumer. And the last thing you want to be on planet Earth is is, is broke and a consumer because you become a slave. Mm-hmm. And they, they they put him to work in the the place that harvests um, the junk people eat and the crap they drink. And he. Um, he runs across the underground movement, the Kanzis, mm-hmm. conservationists. And he's just horrified with how stupid they are <laughs> because they suck at selling things. They you know, they, they have these sort of like densely worded policy manifestos that nobody fucking reads mm-hmm. about the importance. Of, and he's like, Jesus, you people are idiots here. Let me try to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and he explains to them um, after reading, I think, one of their um, pieces of literature that it was an appeal to reason and they're always dangerous. You can't trust reason. Mm-hmm. We threw it out of the ad profession years ago and have never missed it. Uh, but the part that really stood out to me this week was there is a fictional book, um, uh, tool of the trade, a, sort of a desk reference used by every copy Smith in the future called Biometrica. And <laughs> it tells the story of the population changes, IQ changes, death rates and the causes of death and everything else. And almost every issue had good news in it for us. The same news that these Kanzis tut-tutted over. Uh, increase of population is always good news to us. More people, more sales. Decrease in IQ was always good news. Less brains, more sales. But these eccentrically oriented fanatics could not see it that way. And that's the problem. The mm-hmm. people who run <laughs> companies 
have a vested interest in you being dumber and dumber and dumber every year. Mm -hmm. And the dumber you get, the more likely you are to vote Republican. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's uh, I want to talk about Kathleen Parker in just a little bit. But um, there's another book I read that's 50 years, 60 years after this one that I'm um, coming to the end of called The Gone Away World. Mm hmm. And there was a part in this book that I'm not going to bore you with because it's a great book and a wonderful Nick Hark way. It's, it's a terrific book. I highly recommend it. I probably have already recommended it once. But it, it helps me think, and this is not a new thought for me, but I, I hope it will help our, our, our listeners think of, of the Republican Party this way. The Republican Party is a machine. Mm-hmm. It is a machine designed to do two things, destroy the government and Get rid of taxes for wealthy people. Mm-hmm. That's its only function. I would I would amend that to say to make wealthy people richer, because sure. there are there are government things that make wealthy people richer. Letting them drill in in national parks. And this is the problem uh, with military liberals. spending. They, this is yeah. the problem with liberals. They mess up my simple direct method <laughs> with yeah but yeah but yeah but. I, I think I simplified it actually. I did. So, I'm so right. like she's two rooms away, but I'm pulling Des- her away from here. Destroy destroy the destroy government. the government. And make rich people richer. Make rich people richer. I absolutely, yeah. I totally, yeah. totally agree with that. And the easiest way to do that is to get rid of taxes. Getting rid of taxes accomplishes both ends. Mm-hmm. So getting rid of taxes for wealthy people and destroying the government. It's a machine designed to do that. And you can either serve the machine or you can be destroyed by the machine. But the machine does not understand appeals to reason because it doesn't understand reason. The machine does not understand facts because facts are irrelevant. The machine doesn't understand mercy or humanity or kindness or cruelty because it's a machine. It simply is doing what it is, it, it's been programmed to do. And anything that gets in its way has to be liquidated. Yep. And to accomplish its goal of destroying the government and eliminating taxes for rich people, making rich people richer, it will get a bunch of uh, – it will dumb down its base to the point of being basically fucking farm animals. Mm-hmm. Who will do anything, who will follow anything, who will believe anything, who will say anything because – Libtards make him cry and make yeah. liberals mad, and that's yep. all. And that's mission accomplished. You've turned an entire generation of Republicans into farm animals mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. who are fit for labor and slaughter, and that's pretty much it. Who will vote against their own interests uh, to serve the machine? Now they think that they're doing it because of abortion, or guns, or for Negroes in the White House. Or, or race or whatever, whatever the fuck reason is this week that Republicans need to tell themselves that they're cutting their own throats. But the ultimate goal is to serve the machine. Mm-hmm. And the machine is a very simple, very clear, linear pattern. This is what it's supposed to do. And eventually, you don't need to hire people to serve it. You breed people to serve it. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Ryan is a pod person that was bred <laughs> by the machine since he was 12. Mm-hmm. He's been taught Ayn Rand. He, he went to school. He got all of the rewards in his life from being uh, servicing the machine, uh, sloganeering for the machine, um, telling people that getting rid of government's the greatest thing in the world. He's dreamed since he was a college kid of getting rid of Medicare and Medicaid. You don't need to bribe someone like that. You do. Right. But yeah. he already is unhuman. He doesn't understand mercy. He doesn't understand kindness. He doesn't give a shit about poor people because they're irrelevant to him. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you cannot appeal to a conscience of a group of people who have had the conscience bred out of them. All they care about is serving the interests of the great machine. Mm-hmm. And that machine keeps rolling right along. And part of that is – part of that uh, comes into uh, conflict or, or intersects with the media. Mm-hmm. And you can't throw yourself in front of it and say, this machine is killing us and we have to stop it. Because if you do, Jeff Zucker will fire you. Yeah. And Phil Griffin will fire you and Andy Lack will fire you. So there is a constant upgrading of humans who serve the machine who get closer and closer to just doing whatever the fuck the machine tells it to do. You get all Walter Cronkite saying, you know, the war cannot be won uh, was very unhelpful. Yeah. But now you have um, Hugh Hewitt, who is just a robot. I mean, literally, I don't see any humanity when I look in his face. I see a thing that is blatting out party line um, nonsense 
that he knows at some level is just bullshit and which would have been 180 degrees from the party line bullshit he would have been blatting out if Hillary Clinton had been elected. Right. And he doesn't care because Hugh mm-hmm. Hewitt doesn't have a conscience. He is a cog in a machine. And if and just look, Brian Williams has been brought on board at MSNBC. They tried to get Greta Van Susteren on board at MSNBC. They got rid of Melissa Harris-Perry because she was very inconvenient. And gradually the people who will tell you who will let humanity into what they say, who will let the, the, the interests of actual human beings, actually flesh and blood people into the equation, those people are factored out. Mm-hmm. And the people who just stand up and read you statistics and read you poll numbers and read you one side and then the other, knowing the audience, at least half the audience is too stupid to realize what they're being told. Um, those are the people you see more and more and more at the in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Because they stand to make an enormous amount of money um, by servicing the machine. And there's, believe me, <laughs> there's no money to be made telling people um, the Republican Party is fundamentally evil mm-hmm. and is, is, not, is not fixable. Yep. It, it, you, can, you can smash it. You can break it up into little pieces. You can get rid of it politically. You can undermine it electorally. But you can't reason with it. You can't ask it to be merciful. You can't ask it to stop killing people. Mm-hmm. You know, you can run ads saying the Republican Party is going to kill children and show people that that's true. And you'll still get these dead-eyed mm-hmm. um, Barrasso, Grassley, right. the rest of right. them staring at the camera going – you don't understand. This is about freedom, and freedom is a good thing. Yeah, this and is you, about defeating Obamacare, and, and then you go to that their, a dozen times. Then right. you go to their districts or their states, and you find, oh my God, the the the, the farm animals on two legs, mm-hmm. the the pig people are just repeating the same message. It is important to have freedom, and liberals are trying to kill us. Mm-hmm. There's no one left in the party to appeal to. And this is the great liberal mistake is there's still this sense of incredulity. I still see Chris Hayes and John yeah. Favreau and people who are, you know, on the left, presumably just being shocked, shocked. The Republican Party has gone this far. Oh, my God. Well, it's inevitable they go this far. They're going to mm-hmm. go much, much further because they can, because the machine imperative demands the government be destroyed and taxes be eliminated for rich people. Mm-hmm. And whatever they have to do to get there is what they're going to do unless they're forced to stop. And that's where we're at right now. We're in a, this we're in a transition period right now because what they're doing is so cruel and so bloody and so unforgivable and so unconscionable. And they're so bland about it. They're so fucking um, bookworm Nazi about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just an accountant. I just count up the bodies. It's not my problem. I didn't do it. And there's such a monster at the head of the party mm-hmm. that there is yeah. a moment here where you can jam a a crowbar into the machine and screw it up. Yep. And that's not what we're doing right now. And it's what we should be doing, but it's not what we're doing right now. Right now. How, how would you do that? I would stop having a thousand messages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And have one message, and the message is the Republican Party is evil, and they're trying to kill us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I would send that over to Al Franken to have him workshop that. <laughs> to, Al Franken needs to make that a little friendlier. Punch it up a little bit. <laughs> but and this is where the fact that um, wealthy liberals are cheap as fuck and will not invest in um, liberal infrastructure really is killing us mm-hmm. because. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no medium through which what I can I have done this, believe me, in my own mind, the cleverest, most succinct, most persuasive sentence I could ever create will never be read by more than 800 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is no mechanism for getting a, a true, honest, clear message out. And besides, I don't believe there's any point in trying to communicate with Republicans anymore. Mm-hmm. I you give it enemy. up. Yep. And they are here to they're trying to kill us and they're trying to wreck this country. And and the people you want to reach are the people who are sitting on the sidelines, twiddling their thumbs, um, hoping. But it's I long think get that's up. that's where the uh, positive energy is, yes. which is uh, that, you know, I hate that term, awaken the sleeping giant, <laughs> uh, because this, but the fact is the sleeping giant is a 32 year old female who wasn't interested in politics before Donald Trump was elected right. president, right? And now uh, the Obamacare benefit that she needs mm-hmm. to stay healthy right. is disappearing. 
And that's personal. And as soon as you sort of walk into that door and realize, okay, they tried to take away my birth control or my diabetes medication or whatever it is, and I'm mad about that, so I'm going to get politically involved, then you start to see a whole bunch of other people who have other issues that you also think are common sense, and you never gave it any thought, mm-hmm. but... and and. You didn't want to make enemies for, from people in your in the restaurant where you work. Or, no. You know, we don't talk politics at work. We don't talk about it because whatever. And I'm not trying to du- say that our voters are dumb. No. But a lot of them were really disengaged. Right. And, uh, you know, didn't like Hillary or didn't like either one or didn't like whatever. And really, I did have somebody say that to me. Really? This is our choice? Trump versus Hillary? Really? And I wanted mm. to smack her and just say, yes, really. This is your fucking choice. Yeah, grow like, the fuck up. Grow is, the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, this this yeah. is like what Ta-Nehisi Coates was saying, which is there is such a chasm between these two candidates. And right. if you didn't see that, you were willfully blind. Right, right. You're just willfully, flat out, not seeing what's right in front mm-hmm. of you. So uh, I think we have a lot to celebrate in terms of our side waking up. And the next step is to get liberals and Democrats and people who are not part of the machine. And we're talking like they're the Borg, right? (laughs) They are. That's Uh, exactly what they are. Yeah. Okay. Um, If you're not of that body Uh and you live in a red state, Mm -hmm. it is really time for those red state, blue dots in red state to realize that, as you said, this is your golden opportunity to flip your state. Yes, it is. Even if it's just for one election. Yes. This is your golden opportunity to flip your state. Right. And you got to get to work. And you you got to keep your message really clear. This is where um, I I ran afoul of my peer group back in the early 90s -hmm. when I was a I was a, I was this same guy. Now I had much longer hair. I had hair. <laughs> I had a ponytail. I, I wore different suits. I wore an earring. But I was the same guy. I had the same political views. And, I, you know, this was not a whole lot has changed. But I was telling people in the political organization that I belonged to that they needed to learn from Newt Gingrich. Do not mm-hmm. become Newt Gingrich. But you need to learn how to fucking message. You need you – know, Newt Gingrich had a list of words and a list mm-hmm. of phrases and pass them around. So that every goddamn time you're in front of a microphone or you're in front of a camera, say this shit. Mm-hmm. Now, he mm-hmm. had a, a, a echo board, an echo chamber on right wing talk radio <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. saying exactly the same thing. So whether you're inside the Republican Party speaking out or outside speaking in, you're hearing the same message. Liberals are traitors. Liberals are monsters. Liberals are liars. Liberals love welfare. Liberals hate America mm-hmm. over and over. And they Anti-family. Yep. Yeah. And they were absolutely unafraid to call us um, monsters. Right. They were right. not interested in political dialogue. They didn't care about compromise. They had they gave all that shit up 25 years ago. And that's a a failure on our part to not mm-hmm. understand that's how people hear things. And this is where mm-hmm. I want to talk about a little bit about Sunday school. Yeah. But it's also yeah. um, this is where <laughs> the mainstream media just completely sold us out. Yep. Because they were supposed to be pointing at people like Gingrich saying – that's a fucking threat. That's yep. a threat to our democracy. And instead, they made him the most popular guest on Meet the Press in 2009. Mm-hmm. Right. They absolutely went along with it. They never held him account for anything. They never they never called him a liar when he was a liar. They kept mm-hmm. inviting people like that back on the show when they knew they were going to lie to him. And and every time they were and you notice that they never part, the people in the media never participate in forums where you could ask them questions. Yeah. So Chuck Todd has made it repeatedly clear that he doesn't believe it's his job to call his guests out when his guests lie to him. It's his other guests' job to do that. It's the it's the job of Democrats to come on his show and rebut the Republican lies, which is another way of saying it's both sides. We don't really know who who where the truth is. And my fear is that this newly awakened 30-year-old who suddenly realizes that the health care that she needs to keep her family alive Mm-hmm. Is being taken from her has no access to you or me. Has no access to the liberal media. Has a right. few podcasts right. that are out there. And the first place she's going to see for ideas is going to be Kathleen Parker. No, no. The and first I, place she's going to have for ideas is Jimmy Kimmel. Well, it's Facebook. It's Facebook. No, the first place. No, but no. I'm sorry. Jimmy first, Kimmel's all over Facebook. Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> is the first place she'll go to get mad. Yeah. But the organ now this is this this again uh, Kathleen Parker is a 
conservative writer who was horribly disillusioned by Sarah Palin. She suddenly noticed the Republican Party is full of Republicans. Oh, my God. But she's back in the fold. And now she's, uh, you know, the, another queen to both siders because both siderism is what pays her bills and restocks her liquor cabinet. Mm-hmm. And she wrote two shitty columns back to back. But the second one was all about centrism. And she was at a summit called the Ideas Summit. And the Ideas Summit was awesome. And she facilitated a panel. And on that panel, it was Joe Lieberman. Yeah. And and Tony Blair. And one of the founders of the organization is a guy named Bill Crystal. Mm. And and she said, can idea can centrism really become a movement? Mm-hmm. Joe Lieberman says, sure we can. Sure we can. Yes, we can. And I'm like, we don't have to adopt Trumpism this... to be conservative. I can just hear it. I can hear everything they're going to say. So so here's my question. Yeah. This is my question to every reader out there. I mean this all metaphorically. If you could throw one colossal punch at one symbol in mm-hmm. uh, on a range of things if you hit conservatism really hard what happens pops right back up mm-hmm. because there's no brain no heart no soul left in it it's just a machine if you hit centrism really hard if you hit that that term both sides really really, really hard, hard and it goes down you know what happens it stays down Right. And the right collapses right along with it because the right needs that crutch. It needs that alibi and excuse. It needs that shutoff valve in the human brain that says, well, sure, Republicans want to round up puppies and kill them, but I'm sure liberals are equally bad. But the Democrats. And yeah. So that is where I have always focused my fire. And it is where liberals just suck at messaging um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. – Way too many of them, frankly, straddle those two worlds. The, the people who actually have microphones and cameras that are much, much, much bigger than ours kind of need to not piss off the people who set the rules. Right. So, right. you know, you're, you'll hear people on MSNBC shaking their fist about Paul Wolfowitz, but you'll never hear him say a mumbling word about Bill Crystal. Yeah. Bill Crystal's a fellow employee. And, and right. once you have shit on your own credibility once you've said this is intolerable except when my boss does it and then i'm gonna look the other way all that tells me is well okay how many other things are you not telling me about mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. other you know and then hey here's brian williams and charlie sykes to tell me more about <laughs> things i already know i don't need that what i need from a media is a and this is why you need podcasts yeah and I'm not going to go off on that rant right now because that would be wrong. And we don't have four hours. <laughs> you don't have four hours. <laughs> but I, I do want to uh, get back to because I've rambled rather far afield from our notes. Um, but I do want to talk about teaching Sunday school. Yes. And I'd like the Bible bitch to sort of step in if she doesn't mind. Because, <laughs> well, we, we talked about everything from Dune to Job. What do you want to talk about? Well, the idea of... Um, I think what you wanted to talk about and how it ties into what you were just saying is we started class by asking kind of a, a trivia question about the Bible. And I don't think anybody answered it. Well, we started just talking about Pluto. We did. We started yeah. talking about Pluto, and uh, the there is actually a uh, probe, a scientific probe from NASA, the other one, not Cassini, right. that has made it out past Pluto. Right. And what a big deal that is. And uh, our notes that we that we received from the teacher we were substituting for was about. Um, I, it was I about. Remember. Oh, well, I was, remember. No, it was about it was about Pluto being named after the god of the underworld, right? Right. right. And it's moon and being named after Sharon the Sharon, right. of the underworld. And so this led to a discussion of the underworld. Hell, <laughs> that let's was talk about hell. Said, no, we're not no. going to do that. We said no. We we have enough flexibility that we're not going to do that. No. So, uh, but we did want to talk about space exploration, and we and, did want to talk about Pluto being a planet and, and so naming forth. things. Well, this is the thing. Yeah. Your question was, what is the job, the only job that God gives to humanity in the Book of Genesis? Genesis, other than having kids. Other than go forth and multiply, right? And, uh, no. and it is naming things. That's right. Adam is told to name everything that he sees. Right. And that is the job that we as humans have been given. And you said it's so important to name something because if you name this is a pencil and this is a pen, that means a pen is not a pencil and a pencil is not a pen. Right. And these two things are separate. And if you do that with other things, mm-hmm. like this is adequate, affordable health care <laughs> and this is not adequate, affordable right. health care. That's right. And 
you get Willie Geist asking <laughs> Bill Cassidy this morning, please tell me what in your bill is the definition of adequate, affordable health care, because right. what's affordable to you might not be affordable to someone else, which is a great question, Willie it's Geist. It's a fine question. That's a really nice question to ask. Thank you, Willie Geist. Bill Cassidy says, well, the people asking that question are just trying to defend Obamacare. And that's... And that's his answer. Oh, I'm sorry. We got to go to commercial. Well, no, that's the point at which and this, I've, I've, I said this. I, I'm, I forget what it was about, but it was a similar subject. That's the point at which you say, I will not have liars in my house. Yep. I yep. don't want to talk to you anymore. Go away. You're yep. lying. You know you're lying. I know you're lying. I'm not going to have and you. Willie, the... Geist, Willie Geist would be fired right. for saying that to a United States senator. Yes, he would. He would be fired for saying that. Yes, he would. Yep. Because that's. That's the rule. He can yeah. lie to your face. He can piss in your face, and you have to smile. And if you're Brian Williams, you have to apologize. <laughs> you have to apologize to a lying Republican who pisses yep. in your face because Brian Williams really, really, really wants to be on TV. And this mm -hmm. is the last stop before Palookaville and Podcastville and being Bill O'Reilly on the left. And right. he really wants to be on TV. So by God, whatever Andy Lack wants him to do, whatever taint he wants him to lave, whatever balls he wants him to lick, well then, by God, Brian Williams will do that. There's nothing Brian Williams won't do to keep his fucking job. And that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Because what they have to do to keep their job is to deliberately not call things by their true name. And we talked a lot about um, fairy tales. Yes. And yes, the power of the true name of things. And the, the, way you, um, the way you beat Rumpelstiltskin is learn his true name. Once you his learn true something's name. true name, then you have control over it. You have power over it. It gives you a sense of absolute control over, over – you, you can see it for what it is, and you can then fight it for what it is. And mm -hmm. so much of what we are given as news is designed to make sure we never call something by its true name. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's and, right. And That's so right. the power of true name is the power of storytelling, the power of narrative. And – uh, we did a little um, around the room thing that I used to do in writing class, um, a recall exercise. Remember something from the Bible that you remember. Remember something from a childhood story that you remember. And and it took a little coaxing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But remember something vivid from a Bible story or a childhood story or whatever. And everybody could. With mm -hmm. a little bit of coaxing, everybody could. And and and. But they all remembered, and this is – it's cheating because I know how this works. Mm -hmm. They all remembered powerful sensory things, mm -hmm. um, sure. uh, you know, a stone in hand, um, mm -hmm. the sense of intimidation of David in front of Goliath, a, a little mm -hmm. kid with a slingshot, um, a, pierce, a, a, a spear through the side, which is like the final fuck you. You yeah, know, we yeah, beat you yeah. and tortured you and hung you and stuck thorns on your head. But you know what? We, we hate you so much we got to stab you just one more time. Yeah. Um, that's Jesus on the cross. That's Jesus like, on the cross. Yeah. So, but it's, it's the thing about, um, recall exercises is we used to do them to tell people, these are the telling moments. These are the things people will actually remember from your story. Not what you want them to remember, not what you wish they'd remember, what you actually locked into their brain so well that a week later, a month later, a year later, they remember this detail and don't just have a bunch of details back to back to back that are just right. all flash. You got to have story in there. But remember to use those incredibly clear, vivid images to tell the story and people will remember it. All the other crap, you know, gets washed away. And storytelling really is the oldest profession. It's telling you know, the tribe where the mastodons are or there's a big scary cat outside that's trying to kill us or whatever. So mastering language and mastering storytelling is is messaging. <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah, yeah. And honest to God. We lack two things on the left to win. We lack enough competent people who know how to tell a fucking story. And we lack a delivery system that is of sufficient uh, – in, it's inexpensive and widespread enough to reach people that I just know would be receptive to our message and they just can't hear it because they're too far away or mm -hmm. they're whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but mm -hmm. it really does – I mean we have to do everything we can – to make sure our message is very clear, and we're and we we suck at that. The the right yeah. is very good, left is evil. Well, you've make given me great. you've just given me a really interesting I think insight into Hillary Clinton, uh -huh. because to me her book I, I as the more I dip into it, the more I think 
it's so important and it, oh my god i mean at first my my approach was i read a few pages at, at random and i was like okay yeah this is true this is true this is true this is a bland statement of truth that uh-huh. everyone on the left knows sure. already is true and she said it and we didn't listen and we thought she'd win and everybody took it for granted and certain people decided to opt out in whatever way to not vote for her and this is what we got and so the real lesson is you can never opt out. Right. Um, but to me, the the lesson that you just taught me in your discussion is Hillary Clinton was unable to turn off her candidate brain enough to tell a story. Yeah. And when she wasn't a candidate anymore, and she'd had this devastation that all of us faced, but it certainly was no, it wasn't more painful for us than it was for her. That's what right. I'm trying to say. Yes. Right. Yes. She went Mm -hmm. through the most pain. Um, After all of that, she was able to tell a story. And this storytelling ability is what hampered her campaign over and over again. She had the policies. Oh, yeah. She had the details. She had the how she was going to pay for it. She looked over position papers and hiring details and cost runs and budgets and that wonky stuff. She that her brain works that way because she assumed loves it at some point it would be. It would be insufficient to say we're going to have free college and we're going to have uh, healthcare for everybody. It's going to be Which great. is messaging, right? Well, right, and that's and it is <laughs> that's important. That's what Bernie Sanders did right. He did. Yeah. And he was very good at that. And yeah. uh, Donald well, Trump and was very good at that. She behaved like, and and a lot of people have brought this up. She yeah. behaved like a woman in the boardroom, right? Which is you come prepared for bear if you're a woman in the boardroom. Yeah. Guy comes in and says. I got this great idea. Came up with it Saturday you know when what? I was on the on the links, you know, with Fred, and uh, we're gonna work on it. Yeah, it's great. Well, it's and great for it. He it's gets great. a promotion for saying that in the board meeting. Right, right. A woman in the boardroom has to be loaded. Has from to be. Air. Has to be. Has to be prepared three times as much yeah. as any man. And sh- and because Hillary, Cl- we know that Hillary Clinton was because she reached the level that she did. Yes. She thought of that as professionalism, which it is. Right. Uh, you know, that is professionalism. But when you're you're presenting yourself as a product to the right. American people, you've got 30 seconds to win or lose them. And it's got to be uh, here's here's how I help you with, uh, <laughs> as you put it, this is so what is it, jetpacks and blowjobs. <laughs> yeah. Jetpacks and blowjobs. Yeah. Just, just so- promise them anything. Promise him anything. Well, and, and you know what and, it reminded me of a little bit? It reminded me she's <laughs> she's the the protagonist in uh, Idiocracy, trying yeah. to explain why it's wrong to put Brondo on the plants. Yeah, the salt on the plants. And, yeah, and uh, and everyone else in the media is but is got electrolytes, and she's like, no, the plants it, it's crave, a, and that's all they have in their mind is the Brondo slogan, right? Plants crave electrolytes. Yeah. Right. It's got what plants, and and she's trying to say no. There, it, it. I think that we're doing this wrong because mm-hmm. you know what you're doing isn't working. And she's looking out at people and hoping. Oh, you know what? Uh, back when I was a kid, Walter Cronkite was on television. But people who were yeah. on television, who were in the media, who actually took some sort of passing interest in causes and effects and facts right. and things like that. Right. And Chuck Todd and the rest of them only wanted to know about. What about them emails? Yeah. Donald yeah. Trump sure has a message. He's messaging like crazy. Those crowds are, oh, my God. Let's look at his empty podium now for 20 minutes. And she really, the she was, I hate to say it's too smart for the room. Right, right. She was too smart for the room. And oh. and that's not her fault. No. And I don't care who any, what anybody says. That is not her fault well, that she's too smart for the room. It's, it's not her it, fault, but she needed to know. If she didn't know she was walking into Right. Um, a pie the fight. The next candidate needs to know what they're walking into. Right, they absolutely present do. Present an image and and dumb down their message so that it is jetpacks. You know, we're going to, we have, and, and to a certain extent, the Democratic Convention did a very good job of, of um, the message was uh, basically kumbaya. Yeah. It was, we're all together, many races, many colors, all of us are included in this party. And, right. uh, but that message was not what was needed for no. this election. Well, Justin Jetpacks and Republicans are evil. Yeah, that's what it needed. It's... It needed Republicans want to repeal your health insurance and we must stop them. Republicans anyway, are trying to kill your family. I not don't repeal. know the message the here. I don't know. I don't repeal know. Repeal any... is a has too, too many syllables in it, honey. Yeah, well, I don't I don't know if anything could have won that election for Hillary Clinton anymore. I, you know, it's 2020 hindsight. 
yep. with the Russians' involvement. Yeah. And uh, I loved what Wonkette wrote today about it, it is time for the New York Times to burn their source for the the story that they published immediately before the election, saying that there was the FBI had no evidence right. that Donald Trump had colluded with the Russians. Yeah. And they published that the week before the election. And on there the was same no collusion. On the same pyre that they burn that source, they need to burn Chris Saliza. Yeah. Um, but they won't. But yeah. they, and and, yeah. that, and everything about this is this is uh, again a message for this podcast generally and specifically for today. Mm-hmm. Everything you see, um, um, imagine a great movie. Okay, two thousand and one, a Space Odyssey, or Casablanca, or The Searchers, or whatever whatever your favorite movie is. Uh, that's being directed by a really good director. Everything in the frame is there because the director put it there, mm-hmm. and everything that isn't in the frame is because the director does not knows you don't need to see it or doesn't want you to see it or is irrelevant to what they're trying to tell you. Everything you see on television is there because someone chose to put it there. So every time you see Hugh Hewitt or you see Charlie Sykes or you see uh, uh, Chuck Todd lying to you or you see Chris Saliza on television, it's because a guy in a suit that you'll never meet chose that to be there. It's there to serve a purpose. And the purpose is to keep the public confused and dumb and addled and buying the shit that they're selling Mm -hmm. and to serve Mm -hmm. the fucking machine. Yep. And that's, that's, and there are a few little glints of light out there still. There's a few little liberal sources that actually will, will speak and talk and, and, and make clear what their political affiliation is and point to, and this is in a weird way beyond partisanship. Mm-hmm. The Republican Party mm-hmm. is a cancer on this society. Yeah. It really is. And it has mm-hmm. to go. And unfortunately, you are not allowed to say that without having Jeffrey Lord rolled in to give you the counterpoint of view. Right, right. And right. that whole dynamic has to stop. Drift Glass, I'm going to ask you a Bible trivia question now for Bible Bitch. Bible Bitch. That's not scriptural. What's the second sin in the Bible after eating the apple? Uh, the second sin after eating? Well, you mean according to who? According to chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, you eat the apple. Adam and Eve eat the apple, and right. they are cast out of heaven well, they, because they, they don't have hide, the knowledge. They hide. Right? They, they clothe themselves. They clothe. Okay, I, I'm I'm including everything that Adam and Eve did as part of the same sin because all, that God finds out that they ate the apple because they closed themselves, right? And then and all of that is gaining the knowledge of good and evil, and right. so then they get cast out of heaven. Okay, so what happens after that? What's the next thing that happens? The next the next sin is murder. Yes, very good. You are clever. Yeah, Cain and Abel. Yeah. And the ne- the the next time that and it is like you said it's like the clothing the next time that God finds out how does God find out asks him he asks him where is Abel your brother and what does Abel say what does Cain say I keep not he's not, I'm not my brother's keeper am I my brother's that's keeper? that's it that's mm-hmm. the sin there's mm-hmm. and he reveals his sin by saying I am not my brother's keeper mm-hmm. and that's what we see in this healthcare debate yep is an insistence. That I am not my brother's keeper. I am not responsible for my neighbor's health care, for my neighbor's children's health care. I'm mm-hmm. not responsible to participate in an insurance pool because me and my family, we're the only ones that matter and we'll take care of ourselves. Not realizing, not even pretending to realize how interdependent we all are. And God says, what have you done? Your voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Mm-hmm. I hear it. Mm-hmm. So you are responsible. You have, you are killing your neighbors when you vote Republican. You are killing your neighbors. You're responsible for this. And and that's so, that's why to, just to loop back to the very beginning of our podcast, we're dealing with a machine, mm-hmm, a machine that mm-hmm. does not have a conscience. Many mm-hmm. people serve it, and they have more. They have a heart, or they don't. Or they have a conscience, or they don't, or whatever. They're cogs in it. They make themselves part of it. But the machine. That exists to destroy government and eliminate taxes and make wealthy people wealthier doesn't care about your brother, doesn't care about the fact that you killed you, doesn't care about any of that shit, doesn't care about any of it. It's a thing in the world is either an impediment to reaching its goal or it's 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 there to serve reaching Mm -hmm. its goal. But there's no morals in this story at all because it doesn't care. It's, It's got a prime directive and it's running out of control and the people at the top of it are making out like band and 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 you can see who's driving it 
people who were dangling a $400 million check in front of the Republican Party saying, I'm going to withhold your allowance unless you cut health care for poor people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they are absolutely willing to lie, cheat, steal, and, and see Americans die by the thousand for money. Mm-hmm. And there's a very mm-hmm. special place at the very bottom of hell with a big frozen lake for people like that. I don't happen to believe in hell, but I do believe in the electoral process. <laughs> I believe in punishing people like this. Yes. And there, the, yes. the problem that we have is there's so much shit coming at us so fast that it's what target do you punch first? Yeah. And I'm yeah. telling you that the, the target, you're never going to get Sean Hannity to break down and admit that he made a mistake. You're yeah. never going to get Fox News to reform. You're never going to get Tucker Carlson. Don't engage them. Don't yeah. don't. I mean, they're, they're terrible. They're pouring poison in the water supply. But you're never going to reach them. They're not us anymore. Mm-hmm. They're something mm-hmm. else than human. They don't serve humanity anymore. They serve a very dark and bloody God that demands human sacrifice. But they're not us anymore. What you can do is reach the people who are looking at the horrifying <laughs> human sacrificing monsters on one side and looking at people who would like to give them health care on the other and can't quite make up their mind because David Brooks says, really, it's all about tribalism and, you know, both sides are pretty mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. Those are the mm-hmm. people who, uh, God help us, we have to talk to. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't mm-hmm. have to because nobody should be that stupid and be allowed to participate in the democratic process. But there we go. Yep. And so in our very cynical way, what we're asking is if you live in a red state, don't be so cynical. (laughs) Don't give up at this point because this is your best opportunity. Uh, Show up. Show up for voting. Show up for voter registration drives. Show up. Show up. Show up. Keep your message simple. Yeah. And that is that is really it. Show up for town halls if they still have them. And uh, particularly for the House, show up. Show up. Show up. We never said Democrats refuse to support reasonable welfare reform. And <laughs> no, he says Democrats are what fucking welfare queens. Yeah. Democrats hate freedom. It's three well, and the other thing Newt Gingrich did mm-hmm. that was really, really smart and kept him on television is anytime there was a disaster, he came on to blame Obama or Democrats yes. or whatever. I am the first person. This is my claim to fame, folks. I'm the first person who writes anywhere in public to go and look on Google News for uh, the words Newt Gingrich blames. Right. Mm-hmm. Quote. In quotes. Absolutely. And it, Newt Gingrich blames liberals for Columbine. Newt Gingrich blames Zika virus on Obama. Newt Gingrich blames. And you can go throughout the past However long Google has news stuff online, Newt Gingrich blames the current state of affairs on liberals, Obama, Democrats, the Democratic Congress, whatever. He that is his job. Mm-hmm. And the minute you the minute that reaches saturation, that is Newt Gingrich's job to blame whatever's going on on Democrats. Newt Gingrich will stop being invited on television right. because everyone knows what his purpose well. is. Well, and, and to that extent, I, I told you there's a political article that I, I felt dirty reading. Oh, you did. And I won't so dirty. I won't recapitulate <laughs> the whole of it, but it was Roger Ailes' protege. Mm-hmm. Um, Roger Ailes doesn't cultivate proteges, as it says in the article. Roger uh, Ailes decapitates proteges. He doesn't mm-hmm. didn't, didn't want anybody. But this young man. Uh, became a little clone of Roger Ailes. And they took him on vacation, and they built him a little doghouse, and they fed him treats off the table, and he's a good boy. He's a good boy. And he was horribly, uh, he was horribly, um, uh, he was really good at being a little Roger Ailes. He was good at being a thug and a liar and a loudmouth and a thief and a, and a cruel scumbag. And then one day he had an attack of conscience, and he, just, and he decided he would leave. And this freaked Roger Ailes out because he was one of the few people that Ailes didn't force to sign a uh, non-disclosure agreement. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So suddenly, this young man who who was whatever, 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 Roger Ailes thinks, well, he could be an enemy. I must destroy him. Mm-hmm. So Roger Ailes, and this is the part where I just wanted to take a long, hot, de- detox bath <laughs> because Roger Ailes. First, a Karen Silkwood shower? It, it is just, that what you mean? Yes, because it it is. Every now and then the curtain parts and you realize how deeply incestuous and corrupt the entire fucking media is. Yep. Roger Ailes turns to his employee, Bill Crystal, yeah. and says basically, well, Bill, you, you know where all the bodies are buried. Um, I need you to go out there and, and pressure people not to, not, to, uh, 
not to hire this guy. Right. And Bill Crystal says, well, I don't have that kind of power. But, you know, so I can't do that. So then Roger Ailes gets mad at Bill Crystal and then he fires Bill Crystal. And, of course, Bill Crystal goes across the street and gets a job at ABC. Yeah. But it's this idea that there really is a fucking club. Mm-hmm. And they really and, and Roger Ailes didn't hesitate to say, you're my number one asshole. <laughs> um, go destroy this person on my behalf. Didn't yeah. feel, didn't yeah. feel weird about it. Destroy asking. his career. Go and, ahead. And Bill yeah. Crystal has been absolutely horribly, lethally wrong about everything since forever and can never be fired. And there is a reason for it, and no one will talk about it. And I'm by God, I'm gonna find out what it is. But it's clear <laughs> that there is a there is at the at the core of the media, there's an absolutely rotten, incestuous, corrupt bunch of thieves and monsters who all protect each other. And if you want to work for them, if you want to live in Slope Park, if you want to raise your family in a nice neighborhood and have your own TV show, there's certain things about the behavior of the executives at your company that you just shut up about. And the problem is the ex- the behavior of those people is what's causing the problem. And if you, as a person in the media, swear a tacit oath, sign a non-disclosure agreement, not to talk about the heinous shit that your company is doing, that's causing the very problems that you bitch about on the air every night then you are part of the problem. Each week, we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet Kitty is Jester. Jester was originally a foster cat who was supposed to visit for two weeks before being put up for adoption, but Jester took no time to decide that he liked this house. I'm going to stay here. So now he supervises (laughs) other foster cats that come into the house from his from his forever home, he's very good with, uh, and I think this is amazing, of Jester. Because I know if we brought a strange cat into our home, there are cats in our house already who would have a real problem with that. They would. Jester Jester does not have a problem with the strange kitty coming and staying with them for two weeks. That's just fine with him. He's a supervisor. Mm-hmm. So way to pay it forward, Jester. And <laughs> he is our Internet Kitty of the Week. You can send your internet kitty to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. And we've got some big news, by the way, Drift Glass. Uh-huh. Uh, our angel, our angel nerd, yes. Theolo GOP, has yes. sent, has designed and sent a free item mm-hmm. to all of our listeners. Uh, at our, It's at our website. There's a link at our website. You can print out... On and it, she gave me the number Avery number eighty one sixty. Oh, that's my These favorite. That's my favorite Avery. <laughs> they are one inch by two and five eighths inch uh, mailing labels. Mm-hmm. She has designed Go Postal Union stickers Aww. for your holiday mail, for your everyday mail. Aww. It's free to you. She she designed them to fit on this particular uh, Avery 8160 or whatever you decide to print on to stick them on your letters. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's fantastic. It's got the Cornfield logo for us, and it says Pro Left Pod on it, mm-hmm. ProLeftPod.com. Uh, and it's got Go Postal Unions and a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, public, uh, for public use, yeah. you know, no. correct <laughs> mail truck on no it. Copyright, uh, no copyright issues. infringement, fair use, uh-huh. maybe used mail truck on there. So uh, she, I made her paranoid because I said, that's got the Postal Service logo on it. Are we allowed to do that? And she said, yes, it's labeled for use. You know, we can use it. It's fine. So there it is. It's got everything on it. Go Postal Unions. And I love the idea of sticking that on the back of all of your Christmas cards so that your postal carrier sees that yes. we are behind the postal unions 100%. Yes, we so, are. So, <laughs> that said, <laughs> feel free to write us at any time. We Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go Postal Unions! Letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. If you have a full-time job, be aware that our job is to bring you this hour every week. And we appreciate your support. Don't forget our Amazon link at our website. We believe in buying local. We also believe in shopping Amazon with our link if your alternative is a big box store. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution, and you can too. And believe me, $5 contributions, those are our bread and butter. So it doesn't have to be a lot. We just appreciate it. See our website 
proleftpod.com for details. Both our PayPal and postal information is there at proleftpod.com. And I've done something unforgivable, Blue Gal. Whoa. And I have to do uh, I have to do one slight modification. Okay. I mentioned that uh, Fred Pohl is the author of Space Merchants, and I yeah, and I unforgivably right? left off C W Cornbluth or C M Cornbluth, oh, Cyril Cornbluth, okay. his his co-author, uh, whose co-author. whose book, uh, a uh, a collection of his stories. One of our uh, listeners sent me, and I that's right, greatly Corn appreciate Blue stories. Yep. Yeah, yep. And I didn't and want a, that to didn't want to let that fly by. Just no, that's I right. Had and he's a lively and uh, engaging writer. But yes. the, the, from the golden age of science fiction, let's face it. Yep. Damn right. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Drift Glass. Please share our show on Facebook or Twitter, and thank you for doing that. Hey, Drift Glass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Blue gal, the internet kiddies are waiting for indictments. Let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying and the flower and the switch away night. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. The Professional Left Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2017, Drift Class, Blue Gal Podcast. Fake news, sparkle farters.